How's it going, everybody? Adrian here from the Gaming Observer, and welcome back to your daily news update. Tuesday, November the 3rd. We've got a full show for you here today. Some of these stories I could have talked about yesterday, but nonetheless, let's jump in. Uh, first of all, beginning at the end of this year, December 31st, the game Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor is no longer going to have any online features. So this means a couple of things are going to be phased out. Uh, first of all is the Nemesis Forge, which allowed you to transfer nemeses and followers into the sequel, Middle-Earth Shadow of War. The other thing you're going to miss out on are the Vendetta missions, which are basically missions that allow you to get vengeance on enemies who killed your friends through the Nemesis system. And then, obviously, a bunch of other online features like leaderboards are going to be gone. Now, it's pretty cool. There is some in-game content that did require online components. They're going to be giving that out for free, such as, you know, some runes. Otherwise, the single-player campaign remains. Probably everything that you actually care about remains. And this is just the, I guess, logical step after the game's been out for six years. Last Friday, on October 30th, we had the launch of the second of eight games in the Dark Pictures anthology. It's called Little Hope. The reviews have been out, and uh, much like its predecessor, Man of Medan, the critics are fairly mixed on the game. And I think one of the main appeals continues to be its co-op campaign, which isn't incredibly common when it comes to horror games. But if you liked Until Dawn, this might be up your alley. Uh, now that the game is out, Supermassive Games have also announced the next title, the third one, House of Ashes. It looks like it's going to feature Ashley Tisdale as the main character, who you might know from High School Musical. That isn't confirmed, but that's what everyone's saying. And uh, the trailer shows, like, these military members in a desert cave. You probably already know if you're interested in it, but feel free to check out the teaser if you want. Apex Legends is going to be entering its seventh season on Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow. And it looks like this is going to be one of their biggest. I've seen a lot of people talking about it. Uh, so the biggest new thing is that they're going to have a new map called Olympus, and it is positively colorful. You know, Apex is known for its very orange and red color palette, and this is very green and blue. So having that splash of color is going to be nicer on the eyes. Uh, apparently it was actually a Titanfall 3 concept, which they were developing at some point, and then Apex came around, and that's where their focus went. So that's pretty cool. Uh, they're also bringing in, for the first time, a new vehicle, a new character named Horizon, and a clubs feature, where you can join a club up to a maximum of 30 members. So it's, a uh, it's more of a community-driven thing, as opposed to, like, a larger, sprawling guild. Anyway, if you've been thinking about trying out Apex, or you wanted to return to it at some point, this seems like a good opportunity. Personally, I've had a lot of fun with the game in the past. I think it's one of the better battle royales on the market. I'm probably gonna check this out. Okay, here's a really, really cool one. Uh, if you're familiar with George Orwell's classic novel, Animal Farm, it's actually getting a video game. And we've known about it for a while, but it's now getting a release date of December 10th, so next month. It's being developed by a company called Nereal, who are most well known for the Reigns series of games. It was really popular on mobile devices. It was like a, a card-based resource simulator, I guess, with a lot of narrative options. You, you've probably seen it before. The basic idea was that a, a card would appear on your screen and you had to swipe left or right to make a decision. And it was a series of decisions over and over again, and you'd basically just try to get through as many cards as you could. They had a, they had a spinoff that was Game of Thrones themed as well. Anyway, so those developers are making Animal Farm. Uh, if you've never heard it, you're really in for a treat. I would encourage you to read the novella. It's like this allegorical story about farm animals who decide to rebel against their human farmer. They really draw on the revolutions of, like, France and Russia and Stalin. 
Anyway, it's a great story. It should translate well to, like, a narrative adventure. Here's the way that they describe the game. It sounds a lot like Reigns. Quote, Players must devise strategies to balance resources, defend the farm, and keep the animal population happy. Assign their tasks, upgrade their buildings, choose their laws, and direct their propaganda. Determine which of the animals will make sacrifices, and which will be quote-unquote more equal than others. End quote. So there you have it, folks. That's Animal Farm. Hopefully we see 1984 at some point. That'd be pretty interesting. And otherwise, that is your day of news. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show. I'll be back tomorrow with even more. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. Hello, After Show. Welcome, welcome. I'm actually really curious how they ended up making Animal Farm. Is that in the public domain? Oh yeah, it looks like it is in the public domain. Okay, that's pretty cool. I want to see more things like this, you know? I know that converting from a story of any medium, really, into a video game, it's quite difficult. But I would love to see more classic, you know, dystopian works uh, converted into video games. I think that'd be really cool. Oh geez, it looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like Animal Farm actually entered the public domain this year. Which is really interesting. Because they must have been developing this game prior to 2020, I would imagine. Which means that they knew the public domain was coming up, and that's when they could do something with it. That's, that's, I, I, I'm assuming it's a little more complex than that, but based on this Wikipedia I'm looking at right now. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, um, yeah, so stories converting from one thing to another, right? It's actually kind of funny, because I'm saying that as I play two games that are converted and done extremely well, one of them is kind of cheating, right? I'm playing Hades, and that's Greek mythology. You can do anything with Greek mythology. It's going to be great in a video game, because that is just so dramatic and over the top. But also, the other day, I went back and I started playing The Witcher 3 again. You might remember I was playing it for a while there, and then on August 3rd, which is the day that I got my, my job, uh, I stopped playing it because I ran out of time. And I thought, well, that sucks, because this was finally going to be the time that I actually finished The Witcher 3, after having already tried to play it multiple times, because I had read all of the books, right? You remember I was talking about the books for a long time. And now I'm kind of scared because I feel like I might have forgotten everything from the books. I have a really bad memory. So far, so good. But uh, I found myself Googling a couple of things. It doesn't help that the Witcher books are just insanely complicated. So many characters, so many different plot lines and regions and random characters that he explains in great detail who you never are s supposed to actually care about. Anyway, so, but you know, The Witcher 3 is probably the best example of going from a book to a video game, right? Forgetting all of the nonsense that went into the, you know, the author getting really upset with the deal that he made and stuff like that. Obviously, licensing is a is a complicated thing. In fact, uh, if any of you know of an author called uh, Brandon Sanderson, he's a fantasy writer. He's known for the Stormlight Archive and Mistborn. He's talked a lot about his, you know, wanting his books to become video games and films, for that matter. And he's very public and very open about talking about these things, unlike, I would say, most authors. He has a very strong presence with his community. And he has talked about, like, yes, I could license my book out to a video game, but, like, he is also a gamer. So he really wants Mistborn to be a Skyrim or Witcher-like quality of a video game. Not just some random indie who has come around and said, hey, I like your books, can we turn it into something? And considering all of the issues that have happened with people like, you know, the Witcher author and the Metro author, Metro 2033. Actually, now that I've said that, I'm not sure if there actually was issues with the Metro author or if it was him commenting on something that the Witcher author had said. Nonetheless, there's just kind of a, uh, 
you know, when the when the best RPG of, of the last decade had these issues, it's not exactly inspiring for other people to want to do it. But hopefully it does. Anyway, folks, uh, thanks for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow with the news. Until then, farewell.